BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi, everyone. Welcome to With Wit. As always, thank you again and again for all of your support of my podcast. I went through and I read some of the reviews you have left, and I'm just like so honored and flattered with the energy that you spend listening to this and taking part in being in this community. And I just want to thank you for taking the time. It's really so helpful for me to see what you're thinking so that I can adapt and grow with what you want. I thought that I would just share a quick comment from Jessica Bird just because it's fun. And maybe if you leave a comment, maybe I'll read it. She says, so many nuggets of gold. I've learned so many interesting takeaways I've been able to apply to my career. A must listen. Jessica, I am beyond happy to hear this. I try to select guests that can not only inform me, but inform and help you all too. I have an amazing chat for you today with Hillary Kerr. She has been an idol of mine for so long. She has always been at the forefront of digital media and digital fashion, and she is the founder and chief content officer of Who, What, Where, which is an international fashion company known for its content sites, whowhatwhere.com and whowhatwhere.co.uk. And its size-inclusive trend-forward line of clothing and accessories, which I absolutely love. I talk about a set that I got in the episode. She is also the creator and host of the chart-topping career podcast, Second Life, which spotlights successful women who've made major career changes, as well as the newly launched Who, What, Where with Hillary Kerr. Let's go ahead and get into it. Here is Hillary. I've known Hillary for a really long time. Hillary knew me back in like the early Hills days. And Hillary has always been someone so inspiring to me. I feel like I am always following what you and Catherine are doing. And you guys have really paved the way for so many young female entrepreneurs in fashion like me. And so I'm so excited to talk to you. You're the chief content officer of Who, What, Where and one of the founders. Yep. And I guess we should just get started by talking about your background. So many people want to get into the fashion industry or in the fashion industry and want to figure out how to start no matter what age. So I think it will be interesting just to hear how you got started and where you're at now. 
Of course. So <laughs> I should start by saying like I never had any intention of being an entrepreneur. I just want to put that mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that has to be your main goal. I think you can sort of fall into it. I always say I'm an accidental entrepreneur, but an mm-hmm. editor by trade and practice. So I actually got my start in magazines, in print magazines. So I did a million internships. I was an intern at Marie Claire in Australia, at InStyle in LA, at InStyle in New York, at Harper's Bazaar, at San Diego Magazine. So I did most of those internships when I was in grad school at NYU, getting my master's in journalism. And then I got hired at L magazine in the features department like two weeks after finals were over. Mm -hmm. So which was amazing. I mean, it was my dream. I wanted to work at Vogue or W or L or Harper's Bazaar. I'd interned at Bazaar, realized now I can use the language. I realized it wasn't a culture fit at the time. I was just like, I don't think I'm a good fit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But so that really only left like three magazines really that I, I was interested in. Everything lined up. I started working at L. So I had the most fun job. I covered design, food, entertaining, beauty, fitness, basically everything except for books and fashion. I mean, like you name it. I had an art. You covered it. I had an art column. I don't know anything about art. It's so (laughs) wild. And one of my favorite gigs was I was Anna Kornikova's ghostwriter for her fitness column. which was so much fun. So like every month I would like invent a different athletic thing to make her go do (laughs) like a a tennis player does yoga. Like, what do you think of the workout? That was so much fun. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah. It was really fun. So I was there at L for a number of years. And then I saw that the higher you get up at a magazine, the less writing you do and the more editing you do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't think that's the path for me. Like I want to be the one who's like, going and having an experience and doing the thing. So I decided to move to LA. I'm from Southern California. So it was a returning, even Mm -hmm. if not directly home. That's how it was for me too. I moved to New York, but I was originally from LA. So you just can't. I mean, like I also knew like the longer I was there, the greater the likelihood was that I would stay there. I just knew it was not for me forever, but I felt like I, I had gotten some really great training. I built out my resume. I had friends, I had connections, and now I could take all of that and launch a freelance career in LA. So Mm -hmm. I was still writing for Elle. I was doing celebrity cover stories for Maxim. So like Jessica Simpson's first cover that she did after she and Nick got divorced, that was me. Oh my God, I'm going to have to go back and read that now. I was also writing for Elle and Nylon and Teen Vogue. And I was doing that Mm -hmm. for about a year before Catherine and I started Who, What, Where back in October 2006, which is nearly 15 years ago. Oh my gosh. It started as a newsletter. So we sent out our first story on October 23rd, Trend Report, Little Leather Jackets. I still remember (laughs) it. Um, I I torture Catherine by like finding the art for it every once in a while. And it just makes her cringe, which is- I bet. (laughs) It's all about the visual. Yeah. Exactly. Which of course I love. Oh my God. And that's how we started. Like we just started one story a day, this little newsletter, just the two of us. And Mm -hmm. here we are 15 years later with a- team of like 140 and offices in New York and LA and London and our line at Target and our shoe Mm -hmm. line at Nordstrom and three books and two podcasts. And, you know, it's just a whole thing. 
Oh my God. So are you overseeing all of that? No. So as chief content (laughs) officer, thank goodness. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) No, I have, I think that, I mean, everyone thinks they have the most fun job, but I, I think I really do. So I oversee creative, social, editorial, copy, and our small podcasting team. So basically like anything that is on the content side of things that ladders up into me. So I work really closely with like our chief revenue officer, our president and CFO, our COO, but sort of my day-to-day is overseeing all of these really creative, interesting, lovely people and, you know, talking about content. Yeah. And so talking about content that's going to live on whowhatwhere.com and then on the whowhatwhere social. Yes, exactly. So and then also like far reaching. So like our creative team does a lot of the creative for our target stuff. So, you know, I'm in those meetings. I'm you know, I have meetings with our social team almost every single day talking to our editorial team. Who are we casting for this cover? What are we doing about this person? What is our plan for next month on this issue? So Mm -hmm. it's really, it's so much fun. And I think that I have like the greatest teams in the world. I love working with them. So I just like really get a kick out of it. And then with the podcast, I produce and do most of the, the casting for that too. And now a word from our sponsor. I am obsessed with Missouri. They make the cutest, 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 cutest jewelry. Forget occasions though. Missouri creates fine jewelry that's actually for your every day. It's so simple. They have the best layering pieces. So classic, so chic with a team of over 80% women. Missouri is a company by women for women. It's not about waiting to be gifted. It's about gifting your freaking self. Instead of large seasonal releases, they drop new products every Monday. And that means fresh, new, and exciting pieces on an ongoing basis. Think 14 karat solid gold staples, super stackable rings, the occasional pearl earrings, which I love, and everyday diamonds, all handcrafted and ethically sourced. They really freed themselves from the middleman and sell directly to you, providing fine jewelry at a fraction of the price. So say goodbye to traditional 10 times markups because Missouri, you don't have to choose between high quality or accessible prices. You can choose both. Get free shipping on all U.S. and Canada orders plus easy returns and a two-year warranty. Visit Missouri.com slash withwit for 10% off your first order. That's Missouri, M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash withwit for 10% off your first order. And now back to our chat. I want to talk about like the meat of who, what, where and yeah. the podcast yes, and like please. what exactly, you know, like what, what exactly you guys are excited about highlighting right now and what you guys are focusing on. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, for anyone who doesn't know who, what, where.com is sort of our main hub. We are a content and commerce company. So there's who, what, where.com, which is our main editorial arm, which covers all of the latest and greatest when it comes to style and shopping and fashion trends and celebrity tastemakers and beauty and more. 
The site is 100% shoppable and always has been, which, by the way, was wild back in 2006. Right, right. No one did that. I don't know why. But so we've always had this really practical side of what we do where it's like if we're talking about something, we're going to show it to you and you're going to be able to buy that exact item. You'll be able to buy an item in a similar vibe, whatever it may be. So I think like I also think that something that's kind of cool about our audience in particular is that they really come to us for inspiration and for really great shopping recommendations. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of content sites out there, even in the fashion space that are really kind of more in politics or celebrity news or hard news. And that's just not us. I mean, I, I, I love all of that to consume myself as well. Yeah, yeah. But we but just there's a place for everything. There's yeah. a place for everything and we are your destination when you just want a, a little reprieve from the world and you want to think about fashion and style, you're interested in shopping, all of that stuff. So, then we also have our consumer brands. So, we have our Who What Wear collection at Target. I'm wearing a so Who What Wear dress cute. right now. I got the cutest set from there about a month ago. It was like a mustard color ribbed knit set. And it was kind of like a vest with the wide palazzo pants. So cute. So cute. I'm so proud of it. I mean, it's been a handful of years now. And it's just every month there's newness and it's the most fun. And it's something that we've really had a blast doing because we co-create it with our audience. So Mm -hmm. from the beginning, we've always asked our audience, like, what do you think about this print? Would you like it on a shirt? How do you feel about it on a skirt? What do you need more of in your wardrobe? So that it's really, you know, a collaborative process with our audience, which is nice. I think that's what you guys have done so well is that You've actually taken the data and utilized your community to build a business and then like give everybody what they actually want and are looking for. And you were one of the first people to actually do this, especially just with the simple linking, like you said. And it's been so interesting because it's this fun balance of you have to give people what they want, but you also have to give people what they don't know they want yet. So oftentimes we see this. Yeah. And give them inspiration and show your personal creativity what got you to this place in the first place. I feel that too. It's always a hard, it's that fine line between like actually looking at the numbers and like seeing what sells, but also not being limited by that. And that you still have to, you have this whole team of a hundred people that want to express their creativity in some way. And it's this crazy thing because you think like, okay, well, the numbers suggest that this black skinny pant is beloved. And I know that feeling of you find a pant that you really love and then the brand stops making it and you're like, why that I would, I would buy that for the rest of my life. But at the same time, like there's also, you have to have newness that often challenges the audience or the customers. So what do you feel like in terms of trends and stuff going on right now? Like, what are you seeing? What are you excited about sharing on who, what, where, like, what are the conversations swirling around the office? Like, oh my gosh, it's so much fun. I mean, I feel like everyone is just talking about jeans, right? right now. I mean, there's been so much conversation about like the death of the skinny jean, which is hysterical to me. Hate, hate, hate. Which is, and by the way, like I remember when skinny jeans happened, like back in the early 2000s. And I remember looking, I was like a real bell bottoms girl, kind of always have been throughout it all. I love a good bell bottom. (laughs) And wide leg right now is really cute too, like baggy wide leg. Very much so. Yeah. But it's so funny because it's like, there are still so many people who are like, 
it took them a long time to become for their eye to become adjusted to the skinny jean. And now that it's there, they're like, it's impossible for them to move on. So there are lots of conversations. It's very polarizing. People who are older than Gen Z often get very hot about this. They (laughs) feel very feisty. They're like, my world has been upended. Don't come for my skinny jeans. Like (laughs) this is, this is not, this is, this is going to be what breaks me. Right. Right. but, But it's really fascinating. Like we're seeing such an uptick of what we keep calling revenge shopping, where it's Mm -hmm. like, people are like, I have been inside. I have been wearing Mm -hmm. sweats. I have been, you know, like I haven't shopped at all in all of this Mm -hmm. time. And now we're getting vaccinated. Rates are going down. Travel is on the forecast, like where the world is opening up and I I want sundresses and I want sandals and I want bright colors and I'm willing to invest in things. Uh, It's really interesting to see. And they're also like very interested in the brands themselves. I think people that one of the things that they really have thought about over the past year is like the value, the true value of their dollar and the power of it. So really supporting brands like where they know the backstory, they align with their positioning, their values, all of that. So I think people have actually become much more considerate and thoughtful shoppers, which is a good thing. And now a word from our sponsor. You guys. I feel like I am looking at my skin all day, every day on Zoom, and it just feels like... Ugh, it just feels like dull. Every new chin pimple, every eye wrinkle, and enter Stack Skincare, created by celebrity esthetician Carrie Benjamin to bring treatments like dermaplaning and microneedling to your bathroom counter. Every product is developed by Carrie, who reimagined the at home skincare routine based on her professional technique of stacking facial tools and gentle exfoliation treatments to drive glow boosting actives deeper into skin. Carrie's technique really transforms skin from within to resolve concerns like fine lines, which for me definitely under my eyes and the cooling helps depuff, dark spots, which I'm getting on the sides of my face as I'm getting older and from driving, and then acne below the surface, which I feel like I'm struggling a lot on my nose right now. Plus, every product is super fast and easy to use so you can get the benefits of a facial at home, even if you only have five minutes to spare. They have this amazingly refreshingly cold at home treatment developed by esthetician Carrie Benjamin, who actually has had lifelong eczema. So to soothe sensitive skin, depuff under eyes, which is what I have been using and visibly lift your facial contours, you use this ice roller for your face. To get this product, the cryo ice roller for the face and so many other amazing products like the dermaplaning product, which is amazing for exfoliating head to stackedskincare.com slash with wit for 20% off your first purchase that's stackedskincare.com slash with wit for 20% off your first purchase and now back to our show I've always loved your site I feel like it's been my go-to for inspiration, especially like the model off-duty thing that you guys used to do. Like, (laughs) I just feel like that was always whenever I didn't know what to wear on a Friday or Saturday night, I would go to who, what, where, and I would type in like you're the model off duty. And I would just try to emulate one of those looks. Like, it was was, so good. They're just always easy go-tos. So you you obviously have helped build this insane company with a website and collections and are all over the world. What made you want to start podcasting? And what are, I obviously know about the second life. Tell us about your other podcasts as well. Yes. So 
I have always really loved storytelling in any form. I mean, we have the site, we have social media, which is storytelling. We have books like you name it. I'm all about it. And so as we started to hear, so the first podcast, which is called Second Life, which is about women who have done one thing in their lives and then they've made some sort of pivot. Maybe they've changed industries. Maybe they're still in the same industry, but in a different facet and sort of the lessons that they learn along the way. Because one thing that I realized as I've gotten older is that the stuff that I was doing when I was, you know, in my early 20s at work, mm-hmm. a lot of that, especially some of, or like even interning, some of that like foundational work that felt like busy or tedious or whatever it may be, was actually teaching me these amazing skills that I have learned for the rest of my life. Like being a good assistant is actually great training for being a good business person because you're managing lots of people. It's very detail oriented. It's like, how Mm -hmm. do you execute on things? How do you communicate clearly? Teaching how to get organized, all of it. All of it. Thinking proactively, Mm -hmm. being resourceful. So Mm -hmm. the first podcast, Second Life, started about three years wanting to talk about that and really just to focus on women because I feel like there are a lot of stories about men and their businesses and their careers, but there have not traditionally been as much of a focus on women. So we wanted to celebrate women. So it's once a week and we've had, gosh, I want to say like over 14 million organic listens at this point, which is pretty great because it's like, it's really just been word of mouth and it's been, you know, everyone from Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Lopez to Aurora James, who does Brother Valley's and the 15% pledge. I mean, just a really wide range to Aya Kanai, who was, you know, in the editorial world and is now at Pinterest. I mean, there's like all all different types of people. Yeah. We've had doctors, we've had lawyers, we've had you know, just recently Vanessa Dew, who does Health Aid Kombucha, who started in pharmaceutical sales for Pfizer. So like, oh my gosh, crazy. Really all over the place. I love it. It's the most fun. It's so fun. I know because you probably just learned so much and like so many takeaways. I feel that way with doing this. It's like, it's kind of like my way of reading. Like I absorb so much information from this, from all these inspiring people. And it's so cool. Totally. So, So cool that you're able to do this. And then we decided to launch our Who What Wear podcast, which is called mm-hmm. Who What Wear with Hillary Kerr that launched just a couple of months ago, not even. And the idea behind that was, you know, we have access to these incredible insiders, these experts, tastemakers, stylists, designers, hairstylists, makeup artists, costume designers, like the people who make the industry like really tick. Part of what we've always done is to yes, provide information and inspiration, but also to demystify this world of fashion because it can be so insidery and scary and intimidating. So to actually like open the door and say, Hey, like I'm talking to Patty Dubroff, the most incredible makeup artist in all of Hollywood. And she's Mm -hmm. talking about like her five dream beauty products. Like that's so much fun. Or she's talking about what it's like, you know, working how Peter Lindbergh works and how he doesn't want makeup on the girl's faces at all or whatever it may be. I just Mm -hmm. feel like there's something so nice about hearing directly from someone. And you know, like the intimacy of a podcast, like 
it's a journey you go on with people. So for sure, for sure. And I feel like you get so many other details than you would from someone just reporting it from their point of view. Like you actually get to hear it from the person's mouth and you get, yeah, all that detail. That's so cool that you have that access and that also that it's just so cool to see your passion for it too. Cause I can see even I like I'm not love even it. in the same, <laughs> I'm not even in the same room with you, but I can just feel how passionate you are and like about, about these stories and interactions and relationships. And it makes me like really want to listen. Like you said, the fashion industry can be really, really intimidating. And I'm still even a little intimidated by it. And I think for me, it comes from a place, a little bit of a place of insecurity, having come from a reality TV background. And a lot of the reason I I get so much confidence when like I do stuff with who, what, where or birdie or domain or any of those kind of offshoots that you guys have had, because I feel like respected, you know, and I think that for demystifying and like taking away that and stripping back the layers of these personalities probably just like is really cool for people to hear, you know, and like makes them feel like that could be them. And now a word from one of my favorite wine companies. I have been so honored and blessed to work with Chloe Wine Collection. I adore them. Their team is so wonderful. I just want to take the time to toast them and to toast all of the women in my life. Chloe Wine Collection is actually a female-led wine brand dedicated to celebrating women's stories and inspiring meaningful moments. Curated from the world's renowned wine growing regions and wrapped in an iconic bow, Chloe wines are elegant and sophisticated. They're really crafted for wine enthusiasts who appreciate all things extraordinary and timeless. They have 10 elegant varietals from a super refreshing Pinot Grigio to a velvety Pinot Noir and a really celebratory and fun bubbly Prosecco Rosé. There's really something for every occasion. From friends and mentors to sisters and teachers and beyond, Chloe Wine Collection makes it so easy to celebrate the women who inspire us with their complimentary custom label service, which is so cool and cute. You can elevate any bottle of wine into a personalized gift. I love personalized gift. I feel like it's such an easy way to like add a little extra oomph and care into a gift. Just go online to chloewinecollection.com to choose your wine, craft your message, and get your custom labels shipped to you for free. Visit chloewinecollection.com to order your own Chloe wine or learn about the brand's commitment to celebrating women's stories. They're really such a wonderful company and I cannot recommend to support them enough. Now, what back do you to our feel chat. Like is the best career advice that you've received? I was talking to Cindy Capobianco. She's the founder of Lord Jones, the CBD brand. She said something to me that was so like devastatingly simple. And when she said it, I felt like like all of the air went out of my lungs and it just hit me in such an intense way. I'm probably overhyping it, but she just said something really simple, which is if you don't ask, you don't get. I grew up with my mom saying that to me. And no one had ever said that to me. And it was this weird thing where I have had a hard time asking for what I want in my career, in my 
personal life, in my friendships, we often are so in tune with what everyone else is doing that we assume everyone else is that in tune with us. And maybe it's also, I'm going to say it, like maybe part of it is growing up on fairy tales where like magic just happens to you. Right, right, right. But I was not, it's still a work in progress. Historically, I have not been great at asking for what I want. And I think it's important to say like, just because you ask for something doesn't mean you get it, but your boss, and we all have one, your boss doesn't know what you want. You have to articulate that. You have to say, this is the dollar amount. This is the title. This is the responsibility. This is what I want. And then hopefully you can create a path to getting there, but you can't wait for someone to come along and say, Hillary, you've been doing a great job. We're going to give you this title of chief content officer. Like, no, it doesn't like, you got to make your own stuff. So I just thought that was so great. If you don't ask, you don't get. And do you feel that way when you're thinking about it from another relationship, like not just you and and a boss, but do you think about that with the people that you work with? This is the hardest one for me. Like I can ask Timmy for what I need. I don't have a problem asking him. I can ask my friends usually whatever. I feel like I've gone to that point. It's my business relationships, the my team relationships where I feel like if I ask for something that it automatically means I'm difficult, hard to work with, bitchy, not appreciating them, not appreciating how hard they work. Like any little thing that I feel like I want to, maybe this needs to improve on, or can you do this? Like, I just, I, I sometimes feel like walking on eggshells. And I've been talking about this even with my therapist to, to like figure out how I can communicate and ask for what I want without feeling like a bitch. It's hard, but like radical candor or just candor, even of the yeah. of the unradical kind. Yeah. It's often kindness. So I that's the part that I try and remember. It's like, you know how that feels when you're on the other side of like not knowing what someone wants. You just want them yeah. to tell you. Just just tell me what you want so that I yeah. can execute on that. And yeah. that's all there is to it. And it is hard to get out of the trap of the fear of not being liked or the yeah. fear of being seen as difficult. Um, it's something I think we all struggle with. It's gotten easier as time has gone on. And weirdly, I feel like I've gotten a lot better at all of this since I had kids. And my theory is, is that it's hard for me to ask for something for me, Hillary Kerr. But if I am negotiating for my family, then it's not just about me and my personal wants. It's about Mm -hmm. building something for my family. And Mm -hmm. that is easier for me in some weird way, because it's not so much about me being, it's not just my personal desire. It's like I'm fighting for something. Yes. Yes. Like you are, you're fighting for something because you are in essence, like supporting and raising your family. And so you're doing it for your family. Yeah. It definitely makes more sense. And I think like in our head, it's, uh, I don't want to say like a short term, like acceptance, like we should just be like, it's okay if it's just for yes, me too. Of course it should right? be. 100%. Right. It's right. Horrible. But like, yeah. But, but it's, it's just sucks hack. that that, no, that's, and that's where <laughs> I'm the same too. So it's like, if that's what I guess, that's your hack. That's yep. what you have to say to yourself in order to ask. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just, you know, like I read a really interesting story a thousand years ago, I want to say in like mm-hmm. psychology today. 
and it mm-hmm. had something about LeBron James and about how he like analyzes and talks about his performance in third person because it gives him some distance mm-hmm. on the actual to be able without being too emotional about like I did this or that. Or it's instead thinking like LeBron James did this or whatever it may be. Yeah, and I do yeah. think like we all have to create space to analyze things whether or to ask for things like whatever mm-hmm. that may be. Athletes do it like mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. like you know, he's, he knows more than I do about a lot of things. So that's so true. Why not try and borrow that little trick in some way? And now a word from our sponsor. I am so excited to talk about Love Every because I love this company. I know I've been saying that a lot, but that's because a lot of these ads are really like companies that I love and work with and want to share with you guys. Love Every makes play kits. Play kits are such awesome things for you to order and have delivered to your door with everything possible in it that you can do as a project with your child. I feel like there's just so much time in the day and I feel like I need a curated play kit. So Love Every has figured this all out for you. It's designed by experts for your child's developing brain. You can feel confident that you're giving your child the best start with a convenient plan for playtime. They deliver every play kit for your child's exact learning stage so they have the right toys at the right time. Also, the kits are super low on clutter and chaos. They have a very modern and minimal design for those of you who care about that, which I do. Like all the stuff around everywhere, like at least if it's curated and minimal, I feel better about it. It's really more than just a box of toys too. It's a support system for your family. It also has super safe and sustainable materials thoughtfully crafted to deliver the quality your child deserves. So the play kits are delivered straight to your home every two to three months, starting at $36 a month. Definitely check it out. I adore them, have been using them for a long time for Sunny. You can activate free content tailored to your child's age and get a peek inside the play kits at Love Every's website. Visit loveevery.com. That's L O V E V E R Y.com slash with wit to get started. That's L O V E V E R Y.com slash with wit to get started. And now back to our chat. You obviously have so much going on with being a podcast host and now an entrepreneur and content officer. How do you figure out how to take time for yourself? So I've been pretty dedicated to the workout thing. I would Hmm. say for probably like the last seven or eight months. So I did amazing. I would say probably there was like a month that I was like working into it. And then I did six months every single day, which is kind how of crazy. How did you do that? With the, how did you do that? It's just scheduling. So, yeah. you know, like I, I told my husband, like, this is a priority. This is something I want to do. So I get up and do like first round with the kids in the morning. And then yeah. when they would go to breakfast, I'd hand them off to him. He would do breakfast with them and I would work out for 45 minutes to an hour every single yeah. morning at 730. That was just my time. Exactly. And it was scheduled in and like everyone knew, like, I can't have any calls until 830 because I'm doing this. And it just was what it was. And then I kind of hit a wall and I took probably like, I don't know, maybe a week or 10 days where I just was being inconsistent with it. And what I realized is that I don't need to do it every single day. I'm friendly with Amanda Klutz. 
and watching her story. And she said something and she said, you know, it's a gift to be able to move your body, move your body every day. There are people who would do anything to have that privilege. And it just hit me in a new way. Like I want to be healthy. I want to be here for my kids. It helps my mood. I'm a better boss. I'm a better friend. I'm a better mom. I'm a better Mm -hmm. wife and partner. When I exercise, not every single day, that's crazy. But when I'm doing it on a regular basis, like I'm just Mm -hmm. happier, I'm better. And I, I have tried to really separate it from it being about my body to now I'm doing it for my head and for like health stuff that I can't even see just knowing that it's good for the body. So Mm -hmm. I have really like, and I'm pretty good about showing up for myself. It's, it's in different ways. It's not always like, it's not for an hour every single day, but it's most days. And, you know, sometimes that's a walk with friends and sometimes that's, you know, jumping up and down on a trampoline like an idiot. (laughs) But I think like by scheduling it, just like I schedule all of my other meetings and, you know, responsibilities, carving out that time for myself, especially in the morning. And by the way, like I hate the morning. I am not a morning person, but I just know that if I get it, if I schedule it for 730, it gets done. Yeah, I know. I think that's really the easiest thing. It's just like actually blocking it in. Like, yeah. Take the time to take the time for self-care. Yes. It's like if you actually block it in at the beginning of the week before your schedule gets all nuts. Up, messed up. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or if you just do like a standing thing where it's like the same days every time. But I, I have to work on that because I... I just kind of get up with no really like plan and no routine. Like I have a schedule. I have like stuff on the schedule. But in terms of my own self-care, like I definitely make time for it, but it's not consistent. And so sometimes I feel like setting it in and having yep. something to look forward to. But you're yeah. right. It's it's hard to make time for yourself. For me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everyone else's priority comes before me like and also it's like I want to spend time with my kids I want to see my husband I want to be a friend I want to do all of. I have a million things to do for work but you know making that concerted effort to take that time for myself it's it makes me better at all of the other things and that also has helped me reframe it to myself that I'm not being selfish even if I am I'm I'm doing something that's helping me be better to everyone around me. And let's be honest, like I'm a grump if I'm not getting those endorphins. Like yeah. legally and blonde was like, right. <laughs> Happy people so don't true. do terrible things. Like it's just, you know, it helps. Yeah. And I think also like Timmy taught me something. He's like, Whitney, if you're going to feel guilty about the self-care, about taking the time, then like what's the use of even taking the time? Yeah. Like it's, you have to really just be in it, be present, like schedule it, like we said, because you know, a day is going to go by and everyone else's needs are going to be put before yours. And by the end of the day, you're not going to have the energy to do it. So obviously very practical tip, but like useful. Yeah. Amazing. Well, this was so awesome. Well, where where can everybody find you and your podcast and everything? So I'm at Hillary Kerr on social media. The pod is Second Life Pod. And Who What Wear is at Who What Wear or whowhatwear.com. We have our Who What Wear line at Target and then our um, shoe line at Nordstrom.
Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.